PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. This week's PDPW podcast is all about trust. As we hear from servant leadership trainer Tom Thibodeau, trust is the secret sauce in all of our relationships. It's the basis of right relationships. Here's Tom Thibodeau with this week's PDPW podcast on trust. So Mother Nature is just reminding all of us that the world is constantly changing and we need to be able to adapt, whether that be in terms of the temperature or relationships or our businesses, always adapting. Now that's what leads us into our topic today, Bill, which is if I'm going to adapt, I need, if I'm going to move forward, I must be able to trust. David Armistead says this, trust each other again and again. When the trust level gets high enough, people transcend apparent limits, discovering new and awesome abilities for which they were previously unaware. Trust is a secret sauce in all of our relationships, in our families, in our communities, in our businesses, in our democracy. How important that is to be able to give your word and keep it. One of the the mantras that I use in teaching leadership is that if you tell the truth, people will trust you. If they trust you, they will respect you. And if they respect you, you'll come together. Tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It was the basis, it is the basis of our legal system because it's about right relationships. We cannot be in right relationships unless people tell the truth. But when they do, we trust them and we gain their level of respect and you'll want to come together. Bill, the greatest compliment I can give you is that you're a man of your word. You give your word and keep it. Every time we set a date for us to talk between Bend, Oregon and La Crosse, Wisconsin, there you are. You call right on time. Oftentimes, I'm not paying as full attention as I need to, but I always trust that you will be on the other end. The importance of giving your word and keeping it. Remember, old school, you used to judge a person by their handshake. And if you couldn't trust their handshake and the look in their eye, you knew that you better be looking for an attorney because soon you're going to court. How important trust is. After the bombings of the Twin Towers and 9-11, the New York Times sent reporters out into the community to find the business leaders who were doing business in the Twin Towers. How were they ever able to prepare themselves for a crisis of that kind of magnitude? Nobody else had imagined it. We see that so often in the news today when we see tragedy. Who can imagine? Who wants to imagine those kind of outcomes? And at the same time, that is when leadership is needed most. So here are the nine lessons, that they, the four lessons that they discovered after 9-11 when they went and interviewed leaders who had been working in the Twin Towers. How did they respond intuitively and imaginatively and thoughtfully and compassionately. First, they recognize that if they're going to respond to the pain and the suffering, the turmoil in other people's lives, they had to be a non-anxious presence. Their presence set the tone. They had to have a sense of trust and confidence so that other people would feel that they were being taken care of. How important is that? Sometimes we don't even know when people are looking to us asking for levels of trust, and yet there we are. 
doing the best we can, sharing with them an understanding that we care, we are there, and that we will be there as we continue. Second, they realized that they had to tell the truth. They couldn't tell people what they wanted to hear. They had to tell the truth about what they knew, what the things that had just had taken place, the tragedy that they had lost people. Who wants to share that? Each and every day, oncologists across this country have to sit down with their patients and give them the, the, the truth about test results that are not all that positive, whether it be cancer or heart disease, stroke. How many times do people have to sit down and tell the truth to employees when funds are not there and they have to um, say, well, listen, we don't have enough money right now to keep you employed. How difficult that is. You recognize when you make those kind of decisions, you're not only affecting the person, but their family. To tell the truth, however, builds a level in terms of trust. And the truth isn't always pleasant. How important and significant it is, therefore, to develop a sense of courage, which is the backbone of trust. Third, what they recognize, they had to put people first. People before profit. It's all about the relationships we have with other people. Oftentimes, when people look into the short-term game, they're looking in terms of the numbers. What do the numbers say? What does the stock market say? What does the investment say? What's the return on investment say? But ultimately, all those numbers are represented by the lives of other people and the good work they do each and every day. So those people who are working at Twin Towers, they did whatever they could to find all their people. In order to do that, they had to set up cell phone towers outside of Phoenix because all the cell phone towers around New York City were jammed and family members and friends were looking for their loved ones. And they did the best they could to find each person, to do whatever they can to put people first. How important and extraordinary that is, particularly in crisis situations when we have to manage each other's worries and difficulties. That builds trust. And finally, what they needed to do at that point was to get back to work. Work gives our lives meaning. We spend 68% of our adult lives at work. How important it is to have a level of routine, a place where we can contribute, make an effort to improve the world every day. In our workplace, oftentimes it builds social capital. It's where our social life oftentimes exists because we spend 68% of our adult lives at work and how many times at the end of a work week at the end of a time at the end of a season the people that we work with get together to celebrate and to support us well this is really important to recognize that these lessons because all of us right now are leading in a time of crisis all of us are leaving in a time of great change as we're talking right now the southern part of the united states is being hit by an ice storm the midwest is being blanketed by cold the wet the california has just suffered a number of different floods what do we look to in the summertime the the possibility in terms of drought isn't it interesting all these weather related stories all affect our farmers who work the land, who care for their animals, who prepare the food that we eat each and every day. To lead through crisis, to be a non-anxious presence, to be willing to tell the truth, put people first, and get back to work is what builds trust. How do we build trust? Well, one of the things that has to happen is that we have to be one of those people that communicates to other people that I'm approachable, that I'm available, 
that I'm not going to be there to criticize or to judge, but I am just there in their presence. How important that is. Young people are looking for people that they can approach. Young people who oftentimes don't have a lot of confidence are worried about being criticized for not doing the job right. How important it is that they have somebody who just stands with them, gives them guidance, support, and encouragement. A leader creates islands of sanity, a sense of comfort and energy, a sense that you are safe and at the same time that I, we're going to be challenged. How important it is that each and every leader is able to communicate that we care and that we want you to dare. But I will not dare. I will not get out of my comfort zone. I will not open myself up to the possibility of change, improvement, and growth unless I can trust that other people are there to support me in that process. So a question for us to ponder is, I have nine of them today. I oftentimes don't have lists, but I found this. What is your ability to accept other persons? What is your ability to show an unconditional positive regard for other persons, the people that we know or people who may be strangers? How about our employees? How about people that we've invited from other parts of the world to work on our farms? What is our ability to accept other persons for who they are? Two, do you see the potential in other people and reflect their goodness back to them? Everyone needs feedback, and that feedback needs to be specific, it needs to be sincere, and it needs to be timely. We don't say to somebody else, well, listen, last June, I really appreciate the good work that you did. If somebody puts in a good day of work in June, tell them in June. When somebody's going to be out there working in the cold during January, tell them now how much we appreciate their efforts and their courage to do good work. Three, do we encourage risk-taking? Do we develop courage and prudence, recognize that you need to take risks, but you don't need to be reckless? How important this is right now in all the decisions that are being made, whether it be in foreign policy, the economy, or in terms of our own lives. We want our children to grow. We want our children to develop, but we do not want to have them put themselves in dangerous situations. Number four, how do we encourage intrinsic motivation? How do we help people to understand their meaning, their purpose, their contribution each and every day? And every person and every job wants to be able to contribute. When I get an opportunity to work with farmers, I remind them that they are the peacekeepers of the 21st century. Farmers provide the food that we need, all of us. And when people have enough to eat, they don't go to war. I was at a farm last week, and there was a, a young boy. He's in middle school, 10 years of age. And he said, you know, Grandpa, the cows eat the grass, and then they digest the grass, and then the cows produce milk, but they also produce manure. And then we scoop up that manure, and we put it back in the fields, which helps to grow the grass, which helps to feed the cows, which helps It's all connected, isn't it, Grandpa? And here at 10 years of age, he understood that the work that he did on that farm was to protect the soil, the animals, and to feed others. Number five, be accessible. How available are we to others that we serve? How much time do we set aside so that we can just be present to other people? Oftentimes it's well as all the quality time that we spend together. No, no, it's the quantity of time that I make myself available 
the people who need me. How available am I as a teacher to my students? How available am I to my community? How available am I to my classmates? How available am I and accessible to my own family? The way in which we spend our time is the way in which we spend our life. And if we spend time with others, they learn to trust us. How do you remain calm in stressful situations? How do you create a reservoir of peaceful presence? What are we doing on a regular basis to maintain our center, our true north? Concentrate. Concentrate. Pressure is a feeling when you get when you don't concentrate. Concentrate comes from two Latin words, cum centrus. It means to remain centered, to be grounded, to be fully present. Number seven, in which ways do we listen for understanding? Listen has the same letters as the word silent. To be present to other people, to be silent and not be distracted. Oftentimes the misunderstandings we have that lead to conflict is because we haven't taken the time to fully listen to other people and to be available. But those people who listen develop trust. Who are the best teachers? The best listeners. The best parents? The best listeners. The best friends? The best listeners. The best leaders? The best listeners. Listening builds trust. Number eight, in which ways do you encourage a positive mindset for yourself and others? All of us need to pay attention to our own thoughts and recognize the significance of beginnings and endings. When we wake up in the morning, where does our attention go? What's our first thought? Is it one of gratitude? Gratitude for a good night's sleep. Gratitude for a place to live. Gratitude for a pillow, a blanket, cold water to splash on our face, warm coffee, Gratitude for indoor plumbing and all the people who make that work. And at the end of the day, where do our thoughts go? To our troubles and travails or all the things we're able to accomplish in the course of one day because we worked with other people? Pay attention to our thoughts, and that creates levels of trust. People are looking for leaders who communicate positivity and leaders need to do this in order to build relationships in which people trust them because we are hopeful and not destructive. And finally, number nine, focus on what's most important to you and others. Focus by reflecting back into the lives of other people. I know you can do it. I appreciate you. I admire what you do each and every day. Do you realize how much you inspire me? Isn't it interesting? None of those are long phrases or difficult phrases, but all of them are important. And each of us can look back into our life at one time or another when someone spoke those words into our lives and created a level of insight that says, not only do other people see what I am able to, accomplish, but I now see what I am able to accomplish. Positivity matters. Positivity matters. If we want to stop the growth of other persons, all we can do is just start criticizing them, and pretty soon people become disengaged. 
they step back and they wait. Tell me what you want me to do because I don't want to do it wrong. Robert Greenleaf, however, the founder of Servant Leadership, said all of us must be willing to live an extraordinary life and to bring the quality of our lives to work. Well, who are the people that are extraordinary in our lives? Are they the people that we have relied upon to tell us the truth? Are not the extraordinary people in our lives the people that we trust? Are they not the people that we do business with or choose to work on projects with or choose to join with in terms of the common good? We must all be aware of our own state of being and becoming. I must be aware when I'm filled with distress and angst and put that aside for the needs of others. I must be willing to look back and say, who am I becoming today? In which ways have I changed? In which ways have I grown? It's 20 below tonight here in Wisconsin, but it's not going to last. By Sunday afternoon, it'll be 40. Isn't that true in our own lives? After having a difficult day, it's not going to last. There will be a moment in terms when sunshine will return, when warmth can be counted on. And in those moments, we begin to trust that our own experience has taught us a great deal. We must be willing to make a commitment to goals greater than ourselves, not just for what is it that I'm going to do today, but how is it going to improve the lives of others each and every day. We must have a mutuality of respect that creates positive energy. We must find people that we want to work with and spend time with, and that trust is that component which makes those relationships last. Creative leadership is always finding new ways in which to lead. And those people who are most creative have earned our respect because they've given our, their word and kept it. Those creative leaders are people who are humble because in order to be creative, you're going to make mistakes. And if you're going to make mistakes, you're going to have to ask for forgiveness. And when we ask for forgiveness, we trust people because of their humility. And finally, all of us must understand that we have the ability to create a space for others to grow. Trust creates space. Trust creates relationships, not only between the people that we know, but people that we don't. About three years ago, um, just before the pandemic, um, it was cold on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and my wife was at home with me for 48 hours, which is a long time, one-on-one uh, -on -one time. And we were both kind of getting a little bit anxious, not having gone out for 48 hours. And so I said to my wife what my dad would probably say, let's go for a ride. So it was below zero. We went out and got in our car and drove downtown La Crosse and drove along through the parks where they were taking down lights. And we drove along the river, and we're going out on the south end of town, and I didn't want to go out into the highway. So I turned around in the Walmart parking lot, and a man rear-ends me. My wife looked at me and with a shy smile said, I got any more good ideas? I jump out of my car, and this gentleman jumps out of his van. He, oh, I'm sorry. So I wasn't paying attention. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. I got good insurance. I got good insurance. He's rifling through his wallet, cannot find his insurance card. And then he looks at me and says, listen, I'm retired. I got plenty of money. Let me just pay for your, for, that way we don't have to call the insurance company. We don't have to call the police. 
I said, all right. I said, what's your name? He gave me his name and his phone number. I gave him my name and my phone number, and we shook on it. He said, I'll call you tomorrow at noon. Go and get an estimate tomorrow morning. I'll call you at noon, and I'll have the money for you. I said, thank you. We drove away. My wife said, you didn't call the police. You didn't take the picture. I said, he's going to call me tomorrow. She said, how do you know that? I said, well, he gave me his name and his phone number. So the next morning, I went and I got an estimate, $900 for being rear-ended. At noon, the phone rings. Tom, Tom, I got your money. I'm down in the old Kmart parking lot. I would have come to your house, but I don't know where you live. I said, I'll be right down. Got my car, I drove down. The gentleman jumped out of his van. He came over, and he has a, a, a envelope. He said, here it is, nine $100 bills. Count them if you like. Put an extra 50 in there. Take your wife out for supper. Jeez, he said, I'm sorry for not paying attention and causing all that trouble. And I said, well, you know, accidents happen as we get older. He said, yeah, he said, I understand that. And then he reached out his hand, and I shook his hand. And then he grabbed my wrist, and he looked at me, and tears puddled up in his eyes. He said, thank you, sir. You trusted me. Do you realize how rare that is? I haven't seen the gentleman since, but I've never forgotten that encounter. Here he is. He gave me his word, and he kept it. I gave him my word, and we kept it. And two strangers now have a better appreciation, not only for each other, but for all those people that we share the life and the community with. Trust. Trust. Trust each other over and over again. Trust. Help people transcend their apparent limits discovering new and awesome abilities for which they were previously unaware. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archive podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.